Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. All right, so um, so today's big guest, Luke <laughs> Pullman. Um, so Luke, um, so give me a little bit of background on where you where you like just where you went to high school, and I know you played. I know you played a lot of football. Yeah. Um, and and football is a big part of your whole family. Sure. Um, and then where you went from there, where you played and kind of where you've kind of, where it's taken you. Yeah. So, uh, man, I grew up and I just tell people I grew up in Washington County, the birthplace of Texas, you know, where we, <laughs> where Sam Houston signed the declaration of independence from Mexico, you know, and all those guys over there, Washington on the Brazos. Um, so I grew up there, uh, went and went to Burton for a little bit, little town. Uh, they have the oldest working cotton gin in really? the state. Yeah, it might, maybe the nation. I don't know if that's true, but I definitely know the state. They have a cotton gin festival every year. My dad graduated from high school there. My two older brothers graduated from there. Uh, when I was in junior high, that's what they called it back then, uh, we moved, I mean, like 15 minutes away was Brenham, and they had a much bigger, better, uh, I guess, football program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, nothing against Burton. We loved Burton. I loved town i loved everything about it but if you wanted to get noticed for big time ball mm-hmm. um it was really hard to get noticed there and so uh went to brenham uh moved there and uh you know made new friends kept up with old friends again it's not that far away it's how old was, were you when you moved there uh eighth grade okay yeah so oh so it wasn't grade. like early it was yeah 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 okay. so seventh grade i'm at burton eighth grade i actually moved in with my grandma um, which was cool. She was about 91 and she needed somebody to take care of her and her caretaker had left. My grandpa had passed away and she lived walking distance, like two blocks from the junior high oh. for about where I was going to eighth grade. So to be like legal and all that kind of stuff, you get to live in the, you know, the district yeah. and all that. I moved in with grandma for like a year Oh, nice! and took care of her. And I mean, that was like immediate independence. You go from being like a kid in seventh grade. It was like, Got myself up, got myself to school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. I got her stuff, went home, did my home. You know what I mean? I'd see my parents. They would come. I'd see them almost, almost every day. They'd come by after work or whatever, and I'd see them. But they were still living out the old house, trying to sell it. Oh, okay. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah. And high school, played ball there for the Cubs and uh, um, was on some really, really great teams. Uh there's a bunch of guys in my junior or senior class, like that, the junior team, when I was a junior year, uh, that football team had, I think like nine guys go D one. Really? Yeah. So you, wow. I mean, obviously when you have that many players going division one, uh, with big schools, not, I mean, they weren't your, you know, run of the mill. Where's that D one school yeah. in the Midwest or something. Uh, um, you had Nebraska, LSU, Ooh. A&M, Texas, you know what I mean? Nine. Like, yeah. Wow. So you had some big, you know, some big, big named schools coming in and that, that obviously drew attention. Yeah. Right. 
And when you're there and you, you know what I mean? And so it brought attention to me and I got the opportunity to go play at the University of Texas. So I was just a small town kid in Brenham, America. And went to went to the hippie city of Austin, you know. Oh, um, did everybody like shun you for going out oh, to yeah. Austin? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it was like it was, you know, probably going to turn liberal or yeah. whatever. Oh god, there goes that you know, one. Yeah, I know. Was he going to Austin? A and M. I mean, College Station's thirty minutes from Brenham. Yeah, it's either. my backyard. But I guess I've always been one want adventure, you yeah. know. And it, I don't know why, but I, I, looking back, I know. It was the spirit of God in me, like pushing me and kind of nudging me towards Texas because it was it was a it was definitely a step out in faith of like, hey, this is something different than anything you know. Mm, it's a challenging environment too. Oh, very right? challenging environment, and and also just it's not anything that anybody did. I mean, A and M was kind of the thirteenth grade for kids at Brenham. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you graduate high school and, and that's where you're going. Yeah, you you're gonna try to go to A and M or something, and so it was familiar. The culture was the same, and I, and I I loved the University of A and M. I was not a Aggie or a Longhorn necessarily right. uh, at the time, and so Texas was just one of those places that seemed uh, um, more of an adventure. But also, they had a really great coaching staff there mm. that I was, you know, pretty sure that would graduate me. <laughs> Whereas at the time, A and M had some coaches they were turning over every two or three years. It felt yeah. like so it was kind of like, hey, you you get recruited, but you don't know if the guy who recruited you is actually going to graduate you. Yeah. And that's just a reality for a lot of guys, even today, right? Right. I mean, will that coach be here? No. So, anyway, yeah. So that's the that's kind of the football there. My football career kind of ended with my senior year. We won a bowl game and it was great against Oregon State, I believe, and tried out for some NFL teams and talked to a few and you know uh, got the opportunity if I wanted to try to go play CFL. I had I'd gotten an agent and I, I just. I love football, but it was not, uh, it was not life. Like the, the yeah. game of football, me playing the game, I didn't love it enough to want to just sell all out. And I've got buddies that do that and I love it. They, they, you know, they'll, they'll train, you know what I mean? They'll be a free agent for two years trying yeah. to get picked up. And wow. that's just, uh, for me, I was kind of ready to go. All right, Lord, if you want me to keep playing this game, I'm going to show up. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do the pro day, all that kind of stuff. A little combine thing. And, if somebody picks me up, great. If not, I'm just as good with that. And so that kind of took that as his plan to kind of my wow. exit from the sport. You know, I had, uh, I don't know if it was the same year as when you went, but um, there was a guy. So there's the, one of my clients from years back. Um, her name was Barbara Bergen-Nader. And she... What a name. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And... I think Bergen was her maiden name and Nader was her, was as her married last name. And she, um, she was an orthopedic surgeon, okay. uh, a, a really well-known orthopedic surgeon in Austin and her son, Matthew, um, I don't know if he went by, I guess he would have gone by Nader, Matt, Matthew. Matt Nader is my roommate freshman year. Get out. No way, dude. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He had a heart attack on his, on yeah. the, yeah. Like high school. And his mom yeah. and dad like, uh, saved him. Yeah. yeah was, was that crazy player. or what? Yeah. That insane. dude's, so like, I would imagine you could be the only roommate in the room with him that would make him feel like normal size. That dude is big too. Oh, he is a big guy. He was yeah. a big kid. Yeah. He's a really great dude, man. I, I do. It was fun being around him. That is crazy. So yeah, his mother, world. his okay. mother uh, rode with me for, um, 
gosh, for like five or six years. She was a great client. I, I, she was a, a part of our family essentially for a long time. Her and, uh, yeah, she was really involved with our program and she run and competed and won a ton of stuff. Um, cool. she was very, she was one of those ones that, um, was going to try all kinds of stuff, always willing to challenge yourself. I mean, you know, not a lot of women are going to be orthopedic surgeons. And, yeah. and then, you know, her, I think knee was like one of her big, like you can chunk somebody's big leg around and stuff. You can't be, you know, small and dainty to do that. Right. And she, she's, she was for well, I think that she actually, um, uh, probably talking out of as far as like what she's, you know, what I really know that she, all she did, but she was a, a partner in a, um, a new orthopedic firm and, and still is, I think one of the, the partners in it now and long for a long, long time. Um, and then went on and won a ton of stuff. Uh, I even took her to select world, which is like, they call it gray world, <laughs> but it was, uh, over, I think over 50, you'd go to compete at world, world championships for just that. Yeah. And, um, and she won, she won a ton of stuff with me. And then she's, we trained with another friend of mine up the road and stuff too. But yeah, she was very, very competitive. One of my, one of my best clients. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a long friend. That's fun. That's crazy. Small that, world, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And her kid, that whole story about it was really mm -hmm. cool. And then he ended up going on and, and that whole, uh, like it was a sales rep for that company that made the defibrillator yeah. that, that yeah, yeah, saved yeah, his yeah, life yeah. and told a story about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a crazy yeah. deal. And they, well, and to you, the, to the coaching staff, they, they honor didn't him. have to honor his, his, uh, his right. scholarship and they did. And right. Yeah. He was a team. coach. He was like a player coach. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. So yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah. that kid was pretty inspirational as far as what all he went and did with it afterwards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. The <laughs> Naders, good yeah. people. That's wild. Yeah. That is funny. That's really Small crazy. World. Wow, that is cool. So then, what after 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 football after UT? Then, man, I bounced around a little bit. I mean, like, so my brother builds homes. I worked with him for a little bit. Um, I worked with uh, different ministries. I, I did. You're gonna laugh at me. I worked worked with uh, um, the I mean, FCA, but Young Life, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, and and there was a there's a ministry called Team Impact. I think they're still around, but have you heard of Team Impact? Isn't that like the guys like tearing yes. the <laughs> yeah. telephone book and stuff? Right, right, exactly. No, phone you were got, oh, you yeah. were tearing oh, a telephone yeah. book? Tearing the phone book, <laughs> you know, bending the bar in your mouth, you know, big steel, <laughs> breaking the bricks. Dude, is there um, any video of that? I gotta okay. see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But yeah, man, I mean, I was just kind of walking into whatever God had in front of me, yeah. you know, uh, ministry wise. And a lot of that just geared towards kids and stuff like that. And so I'd say, I mean, shoot, the past probably 12 years or so. Or when has it been? Uh, maybe, yeah, at least 12, 13 years in some capacity, in some way, you know, with different organizations I've been serving with high school, middle school kids, college kids, you know, hmm. um, that's really great. That's, yeah. that's really cool. And, and it's, um, what's, what's cool about it and what's intriguing to me about it. And, and I guess probably the big reason why I want, why I wanted you to bring you on and, sure. and stuff. Well, for one, cause I wanted to hear about a little bit about football story and stuff too, sure. but also, um, and to get to know a little bit, of, you know, we don't ever get to me and you've known each other for a while. Right. And, you know, I've never sat down and talked you know, and had a personal conversation or whatever. Right. So it's been a small group. Yeah, it's been a small passing. group or whatever. But we don't need to get to 
really get to know each other and yeah. uh, these things are kind of i think are, are fun to get Super people's fun. stories out and it's uh, i think yeah. it's cool but um the other big reason is that i've got teenage i have coming teenage yeah, herd do. of yeah. of kids and um and i do want to i think it's I think I was super lucky to get to, you know, I had a dad and a mom that were really involved with me that spent time and did things with me that, you know, were involved in the things that I did. Um, but, um, there was a lot that didn't. Right. And I, you know, I'm different in the sense that I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be 52 in a month. Right. Right. And my kids, the oldest one's 14. And so I'm doing my darndest to stay as active and as, you know, doing things with them and, 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 and spending time with them. Right. Um, but you know, it would, I think it would look different if I was like 30 or 35, you know, or 40, I mean, 10 sure. years ago was way different for me than, than now. Right. You mean and, the way you are or the way you've developed or what you mean? Um, the way I am, but also, um, just the climate of things have changed a lot oh, yeah. to a certain extent. And, and it's, uh, crazy enough. It's been great for me, you know? Um, how so? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, I don't have, um, I, I see that I don't have to fight as much with the uh, outside influences um, to spend time with my kids. Um, you know, gosh, it, it's, it scared me them being um, in public school mm -hmm. and around a teacher in public school and around a bunch of other junior high kids with, you know, changing and craziness and whatever else. And the influences that they were putting on each other and me fighting that seven to eight hours of the day that they spend with them. And right. I get two to three in the afternoon. Right. And, At the end of the day when they're tired. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm tired. And, right. you know, and because we've come to this deal of a, you know, off the industrial age of, you know, dad goes off Dude, to work and comes man. back in five yes. o'clock in the afternoon at best. Right. right. Um, and it's been, it's been great. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know they had that longing for their friends and whatever else. And, and we found that in sports. We've, uh, one of the local, um, uh, private schools has opened up their sports program to the homeschool kids. Nice. And it okay. has been a game changer. They get to play, they get to have a good time. They're running, they're doing all those things. They can joke around and be foolish and whatever. Right. And it's around sports and doing things. And we get to use all that, you know, in the process of it, they get to have the friends and do this stuff and have parties, but it's all, you know, yeah. parties around, around the kids that they play sports with. And, right. Um, and a lot of other parents that are trying to be as involved too. Sure. Um, that's been very helpful to that's be cool. honest. It's crazy. You know, um, it's not the way I grew up. Right. Right. Um, was your dad really active with you? Oh yeah. My dad, I mean, you look back and I think when you're, when you're, kid you have no idea what your parents your coaches the people around you your pastors whoever right in life you don't really understand what they may be doing for you or around you until mm -hmm. later you realize oh my gosh what did i have you know uh, and i say that for like my dad you know he he uh 
he could have been a big oil man job. He's, you know, he was a CPA, worked in the oil industry in the eighties and, um, could have stayed into that. And, and, you know, he always, my favorite quote he ever gave us, he was like, I left that, you know, he left that in the eighties because he, uh, uh, he didn't want us to grow up being mall rats, in Houston. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So moved us out to Washington County where he, you know, went to high school and my grandparents were, my grandfather was a pastor out in Greenvine, Texas. So that's, in Washington County area and so he uh um they just kind of wound up there and uh, uh and and wanted us to grow up on land and learn to kind of be a country boy and and uh um, not because that's like the the answer but definitely that slower pace of life of being able like I think what you're saying is to be around mm-hmm. you know and not be the guy who's like I'm gone three days a week or I'm it's crazy. I don't even no. tuck my kids in at night. I mean, he, yeah. he was every one of our little league coaches, you know, yeah. in some capacity. He may not have been the head coach, might have been an assistant or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff, just being around. I mean, my dad made the same decision too. Mine, yeah. mine was uh, he was a he was a computer repairman, and um, and I remember the time where he had the point at at a point where. Um, you know, like my dad is one of the smartest guys I still know to this day and probably one of the hardest working guys. Right. Um, he still is like, you know, I remember he was like, I think at the time, like 60 and he had a kid he was doing, um, up in Austin, he was doing some landscaping stuff yeah. and, and there was a kid from Marion that, you know, wanted to go on some extra work and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, go talk to my dad. He'll take you up there. He does some lawn care. You know, you go up there and help him out and, you know, get it where, you know, he's an old guy. So you need to, like, yeah. help him with the physical stuff. I remember that kid coming back just flat whooped. You know, every, at the end of the right. week, he's still, like, just beat. You know, it's like, I just can't keep up right. with with that guy. You know, like, I, but he was just the hardest working guy, right? right. But, um he had opportunity to be able to move up and be, you know, uh, have a different type of job, but he would end up having to go to Corpus or something like that. But he chose to, you know, that that was more important, right? right? That that was, I think that's the crazy thing is that I think we don't realize how much of an impact generationally we make when right. we invest into, and not even just our own kids, but, uh, you know, the other kids that are around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Did you have, did you have like, uh, other guys that, you know, that were, you grew up around and stuff that your dad was an influence on them? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I, I, it was kind of neat, you know, when you grow up in a small town, everybody does kind of know everybody. Right. So yeah. I can think of several other dads that I was around that we, they were probably coaches on little league teams or would take us yeah. fishing or pick us up if whatever, you know what I mean? And, our parents would do the same. And, and so there was a lot of that. Uh, um, There's a lot of men, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is to look up to for sure. And I know that he was probably that to other guys as well. Right. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's valuable to, to have that, uh, the mm-hmm. type of community. Right. And that kind of role models too. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's one of the things that I wonder nowadays is that, um, well, you're, you're in, in, you've been in youth ministry for a long time now. Right. Um, yeah. and long enough to see some differences and changes over the years. Have you, have, do you see fathers 
stepping up in the same numbers or do you see them declining or do you see it from when you were a kid versus now? I think, I think the question, maybe if I could shift a little bit is, is I think it's a cultural question you're Mm. asking is where, where, where are the men? Because when I look at it, I'm like, you know, growing up, I've seen that to my dad's point, didn't want us to be in mall rats. I, you know, I've done ministry in big cities like Austin or San Antonio. And then you come out here, which is a lot more like right now it is, at least it's growing like crazy, but yeah. at, at like more like what it was in Brenham. And you have more of that, you know, I'll just call it the kind of good old boy mentality of those dads showing up and being around. Um, a it's lot a rule. More. It's uh, you see that more it's in the rule. rule. Right. Right. And I don't think it has anything to do with ag life or <laughs> not everybody's a rancher. You know, I just think it's a pace of life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a connectedness to, you know, wanting, not just wanting spaces and, you know, people that live on little ranchettes or even an acre or two. Right. Yeah. Just, there's a little bit of that. Like I'm going to move my family out to a place where we can slow down and do life instead of, I want to live somewhere where I can make the most money. Right. Or be the most productive or be, you know, have my kids in the quote unquote best schools or best, you know, like all that kind of stuff. People will flee to that um, instead of a, they'll flee to to success or what they think that might be instead of a way of life. Right. Um, I've, I've noticed, uh, to be honest, I did a uh, um, kind of a capstone through uh, um, it's, it was a, it was basically like a study, like a self-study right Mm -hmm. of just tasks in ministry and um this guy was mentoring me kind of challenged me and some other guys to do it and we uh um what we did was uh pick something in our you know communities uh that we would like to to understand what what god's doing right or or what's not happening or what could be better what could what could we grow in ministry right so you could pick a pick something that you're doing and going, Hey, I'd like to see this grow in a certain way. Right. And let's do the research and interview people and talk to people. And mine was, where are the men? Oh, good. Yeah. You, you look around and you're like, I mean, most every church, big church has a, has a male as a pastor. There's an elder board. A lot of them are men, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you see it in the highest ranks of leadership, mm-hmm. but you don't see it in like, um, if you take youth ministry, I mean, you can get, girls out the wazoo sometimes to come be a volunteer leader oh yeah right you can get girls out the wazoo to show up to something or get excited about something and, and a lot of that is just in their nature to want to meet and talk and you know what i mean in mm-hmm. process yeah and that's kind of in that girl there's there's where are the guys you know and a lot of times i've just seen it's a lot of it the dads the just the men the young 20s even 30s they're out they're out trying to produce right mm-hmm. and that that has like overtaken their their purpose. Um, I've, I've met with a lot of men and pastors and interviewed and asked them because I was just really trying to learn, like, are y'all seeing the same thing I'm seeing mm-hmm. in different facets of ministry? And it's something I saw all over. I wouldn't just say youth ministry, but I, I would say I saw it over a lot of ministry. Right. And that's not to say that there's not wonderful men's groups out there, sure. or men's ministry that that's, it's not that I say it's not happening, but you just look in a lot of it had to do with, um, with with time right Mm -hmm. um it's a resource that you can't get back or can't get more of um and a lot of men were you know you're just hustling in your career trying to provide it was good things that they're trying to provide for their family or whatever but they're they're missing out on these formative years i mean before we started this you were just talking about those friends from high school that you Mm -hmm. reconnected with 
you know, yeah. and it was like took 10 minutes and y'all right back where you started. Yeah. Those years, that, that, those teenage years are so formative to who we are. Even if we're, we, we change and grow into somebody, they're so formative to who we are, who we'll become or where we've come from. And, and it molds you as a person. And those are it huge really years to, to, to be showing up. That's almost the time you want to show up the most in your kid's life. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's also the time where they want to push you, right? There's that teenage angst that that's kind of they're trying to gain independence. I wonder I if that, like you said, that was culturally uh, a deal, and I wonder if because culturally, at that time of the twenty, you know, the twenties and the you know late twenties and the all through the thirties, you're as men, right? We find our identity. We're looking for our identity. We're trying to find an identity we're trying to prove ourselves right. at that point at the same time we're having kids and our kids are going through those formidable years too at the beginning of that and right. and what a what a kind of a concoction that is you know i i'm i see myself as kind of lucky that mine i you know had my kids much later right and so now i'm you know and it's funny because i they don't see the things that i did Right. They don't see the hard work that I put in or the, the hours that I put in to get to work. They just see the dad rides horses in the backyard and right. that's cool, you know, and whatever. And then they go on about whatever there is right. they're doing. But um, I don't know. You know, I, I wonder about that, that, you know, where our emphasis or where we identify ourselves with, you know, a, a lot of that. And, and as that as you're doing that, you're finding that that your identity as a teenager and through your friends. Right. And it's almost like Lord of the Flies when you have them all stuck around a ball rat, you know, they're all hanging out and spending time over there while you're, you know, running around trying to earn the money for them to buy a bunch of crap at the mall. Right. You know, that's a scary thing. It is. It is. Um, And and give you a stat. This is something that was crazy. I I forgot this about the capstone. One of the things I noticed, it wasn't just the involvement of male leadership. Yeah. Right. Um, Because there is that. There are coaches. There are people. But I'm talking about as in a volunteer role. Right. They just, it was really, I mean, the numbers were crazy. I think it was, you know, like there's 30% more girls or whatever. There were youth camps that I either worked, went to, saw, were around, and this was different ministries. It was, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're all saying the same thing. There are, there were times where there was almost two to one girl to guy ratio of campers, meaning the high school students or the middle school students or whatever. Which is crazy, yeah. right? When you think about it, you would think, hey, it'd be about 50-50. Maybe you have a few more, a few. But I mean, I will never forget this one week of camp had almost, you know, the girls almost, it was close. They almost doubled, not doubled, but two to one, the guys, you wow. know? And you kind of look at that and like, okay, that's that's not just a, I mean, maybe that's a trickle down from the male lead, lack of male leaders, meaning lack of male outreach, mm-hmm. you know, the age, that could be part of it. And I wrote a little bit about that, but there's also a part of that that's just where's that intrigue, you know, that the boys seeking it, seeking learn. it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what are they, what are they looking for? What are they hunting for? You just we, wonder if they're just not because the role model's not there, you know, bingo for them to see it too. Yeah. Bingo. If you, you know, yeah. yeah, if you, if you're, you know, even if you are trying to do well, if you know where you're being seen is at work and not with your kids right. as much. You know, I, I wonder, you know, I, I see that and I see something that at my age, um, that I don't see a lot in 
because we do. Right? We see the elders in the church, and you, you see a pastor and whatever else, and um, and you see them on the backside of that, uh, where they there's the, that's where all the wisdom is, right? right? And where they're gone, but the wisdom is not participating. Um, they you come to them to bounce ideas off of, but but they're not they're not involved. They're not going at the same time that the the middle-aged dad is not going to where his um where his uh uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for um who he should be mentoring Mm. you know so the middle-aged guy should be mentoring the young teen sure the elder is not stepping in and mentor the middle-aged guy Right. And so that the middle aged guy, while he's trying to find his way, is floundering around. Right. You know, not knowing and not finding what's important. Right. Or know. worse, does he have a mentor at work? Yeah, or that's what I mean. But it's not the right kind of mentor. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. it's the mentor saying, you know, I'm 65. It's Bill Braxton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you make money. I'm going to show mean? you how. Yeah. This is, you know, when right. I was a year and I was, you know, doing this and getting right. this done. Right. And, and it's, it's all. And it's, it's I believe everything is caught, not taught, you know, especially mm-hmm. with men. If you and I were to sit down and talk like this, you and I probably could because we're friends and it, it would work. But most of the time, most men aren't. Yeah, let's go get, get together and have some tea and chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 you come over to my house, help me. My, my plumbing's busted. Yeah, but I'll be right over. Yeah. And we're sitting there and we're picking axe and digging shovels and fixing a pipe. And at the end of the day, we're, we're buds, you know, because we yeah, did something definitely. together and, and guys want to do something together. We want to, we want to, we want to learn together. We want to, you know what I mean? We're, we're I think that was active. what sports does, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think 100%. that's why, I yeah. think that's why, um, that's why men are so drawn to it. Right. Like right. We, we long, whether we, we either were a part of it or want to be long to be a part of that team of something successful or something growing. Cause we want to, we want to take action. Right. And, and, and even if you weren't even like, I mean, success is all relative too. Sure. I mean, but just the growth of, of the other boys around you and, and the yeah. camaraderie of just, you know, it's, it's the struggle of, you know, you know, the first week of football and how, you know, like, oh, so-and-so puked and, you know, whatever that was that, you know, and you can laugh and joke or do whatever, but the camaraderie that through the struggle, Uh right, you all find out, you know, a little bit about each other and you're just developing what, what you would see in grown men in the military, you know, going through the struggle of, of war or going through the basic training together or whatever it is that they went to struggle, they, they create a bond Right. in that and we're starting that on a mini stage mm-hmm. with those kids the thing that becomes a problem is that when they're not so where else is that that we can do that outside of sports right um and the one one that i know of is is like raising livestock yeah. right i mean there's a struggle in that there's right. a you know like there's a part of you know having to you know when you're going to castrate pigs, you know, I remember when I was a kid and they're like, grab castrate pigs and everybody's, you know, they're squealing like crazy. And it's like, grab him. And you're like, grab him. Are you kidding me? Like that thing's gross and whatever. It's like, grab him. Or something like hunting where you have to deal with dealing with death and, and come to terms with, you know, a firearm that's scary Mm -hmm. and, you know, and getting up early in the morning and the struggle and the sleeping in and the, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
being cold in the blind and waiting for something and then shooting it and then having to deal with the, you know, gutting something and right. you're like, Ugh, the reality you know? of yeah, that, yeah, the reality of all of that. Right. But those are all things that are guided by, by, by a, by a mentor or by a, but they're also an action, right? Right. Like you're talking about doing something and that's something I think that we, as men, we, it's not, we, you don't have to tell a guy to just do something like we'll, we'll find ourselves to make where we're busy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, God, I think most men at their core are driven. There's this God-given innate thing inside of us to produce, right, well, and, and to work. And so you don't have to tell them to go do something. But the, the, I think the problem is, is like it's what we are doing, you know, that and mm-hmm. and why we're doing it, right? Well, like if you're just taking your kid hunting, or are you teaching them about life as you're doing that? Because the action is important because it it it, it draws them in, but it also the the why of like why are we here? No. What are we talking about while we're walking the to the why blind? in it is so important. Yeah. The why, what it's a reflection of. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think that's something that's so, I think that's a lot of, I think a lot of men, a lot of fathers, you know, don't know or have the right things to say or don't think that they have the right things to say. And it's not about what you're saying. I mean, it's about a reflection of more of a reflection of what you're doing. Right. right. But that I think we lose track of who it is that we're created in the image of right right and you're created in the image of a creator right like he found joy in that right right? that he found that that (laughs) it's the coolest thing to see one of my kids one of my boys build a birdhouse or we were building knives this is the one in the process right Right. we were making knives when they get done with it i mean we didn't even forge them you know we're just doing handles and doing that kind of stuff but when they get done and they see something that they've made you know, your creator at the end of it went, yeah, it's Very good. good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Made the woman. That's really good. <laughs> Yo, but it's like, it's that, that's right? Real nice. <laughs> that's real exactly. nice. And you know, that's, yeah. but that is, um, that's exactly it, right? right? Just finding that and seeing reality mm-hmm. in your own stuff, true reality, not just, you know, this is because this makes you a man. I mean, like, no, this makes you a, a product of the create, you know, the creator, right. and what it's a reflection of. Like speaking truth into that kind of stuff. I mean, that's there's. I always I say there's there's a couple of different ways, but the the first way that people came to an understanding of a savior was through nature. Yeah. That was the number one, right? Right, and and I don't think that we even look at it. You know the stuff that we look at in the Old Testament, right? And we think, well, that was a different dispensation. That you know, no, they were told of a savior. Then they just had belief in him coming. We have a belief that he came. Yeah, he's coming back. It's the, exactly, yeah. but it's the same. It's the same, right? right. It's, it's the same. Faith. That's why it was based in faith too, right? right? They yeah. had a faith in the future. We had a faith in that what what was provided already, right? Right. And it's just as, you know, much of a step up on faith. Sure. You know, it takes faith on both ends. On both ends. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's just I think that's important. Right. Oh, yeah. For for us to, you know, as dads mm. and and dads, not just our own sons. Right. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I just. So what do you. So what where's where where else do you see that men can step into so 
yeah, thanks for asking that. I this is this is my opinion, you know. Um, but I, I, and I, and I do believe this isn't just opinion. I'm convicted by this, but I, I believe that men showing up in other men's life, right? Like how many guys do you know? Um, you know, just every guy, you know, mm -hmm. how many of them do you think actually have another male in their life that they can share anything with their deepest thoughts, dreams, secrets, whatever, mm -hmm. right? That, that have like some sort of bond to be able to, to share those things or to, to empower and encourage each other. And I think a lot of men, we, we try to be lone wolves, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, you get your buds, maybe your fishing bunnies or whatever, sure. but, but are your golfing buddies or whatever, but those guys that you're really going deep with. And I think that, that when we talk about how to show up, like back to the kids, even uh, I was talking to, you know, our buddy Grant Donaldson mm -hmm. about this. And he, we were talking about, man, how do you, um, walk alongside and be the person discipling your kid. Mm. And I said, you know, I think the problem that we've, I say we, this is one of those cultural things is it hasn't really been modeled well. And I'm not going to blame it on the church, but I'm just going to say, when I say the church, I really the body uh, lately. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's not like really a thing, right? You, you shop your kids off to youth group or you, you, you put your kids in school or you put them on that sports team or you put them with these people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you hope that if all those things go together and you're, you're farming a good dad, it out, you're, you're farming it out mm -hmm. instead of going, Hey, but then the question is the, the answer is yes. The question is how, okay, well, how, how do I do that with my kids? Mm -hmm. Right. And that is such a huge question because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. It's all I it's, do is yell. Right. Yeah. 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 I, do I just yell at them? I don't, do they, do they feel safe? Like how will they, they're th the kids are thinking, yeah. how will dad respond? All these things. So there's a guy, um, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, wrote a book. Um, it's called raising coal. I think you and I have talked about this. I'm oh, not really? really sure. Great book. My kind of book. Not many pictures in it. Yeah. <laughs> I like a good picture. Small, <laughs> yeah. small words. But it is, it is a, it, no, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good read because I mean, it's a, I mean, it can't be more than a quarter inch thick book. Uh, so uh, the story, I forget, the, I actually don't know the author's name, but it's uh, the, the author is the dad of a guy named Cole Pittman um, who played at UT hmm. and uh, passed away uh, in a car accident. And uh, anyway, you know, there was always these interviews with the, the player, Cole, he's number 44 at UT, would, would talk about his dad a lot. This crazy, awesome relationship with his dad. And of course, you know, we always, it's kind of like the, 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 the painter is never, the artist is never appreciated until they're gone. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so there was always this, like, what was this whole thing with, you know, he has this relationship with his dad he always talked about. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it kind of intriguing once he sadly passed away and, um, Anyway, uh, so his dad wrote a book called Raising Coal. And man, dude, if this isn't just the best how, the answer is yes, really? the question's how. Uh, I mean, he talked about riding down the road in his truck or whatever. And, and I mean, him and his son, would, would, they, would hold, they would hold hands. He would hold his son's hand and, and, and have that affirming fatherly touch mm -hmm. of, of like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you a hug because I love you. We're not going to like be the father and son while you're in high school. So we stopped hugging around 13 because right. we're, we're going to be men. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to show you how to, how to, how to show like a loving fatherly affection that God has for you. And, and uh, man, I would never forget yeah. the, the, the time that I had gone off and, and I would come back. And I think it was after I was in the military and some, one of my friends saw me kiss my father mm -hmm. and they were like, what, what, 
what? I was like, what? Like, you didn't, you don't kiss your dad? Right. I mean, it was, it was yeah. just like, and, and it was like, all, all of a sudden I was like, I should, I, should I not kiss my dad? Oh, yeah. Is that weird or something? Right. It's like, no, no. Like I, I mean, I genuinely love my father. I wouldn't yeah. think not to not kiss my father. Right. And I was like, holy smackers. You, did, and you look in scripture, that's all over scripture. I, yeah. It was, it was a common, like, it's it not some perverted thing. thing. It's yeah. just like, I love my father. Right. But we somehow, even, even to that, even outside, it's not a per- the perversion it's it's yeah. a it's a manliness thing right like guys don't oh, show yeah. emotion yeah. We, we don't we don't tear up we don't you know what i mean yeah. and and i think that there's this that's being modeled so anyway uh in the book it goes on one of the things um i got to do um there's a guy named steve hirsch out here in our community who i look up to a whole lot yeah um i got to help disciple his sons and uh anyway um Steve was the one that actually brought this book more to my attention. I, you know, I knew the story of Cole Pittman and whatnot from going to UT, but I never had read this book and he was like, you should read it. And I got it. Anyway, um, one of the things he said in the book that we actually did like a guy's night with a bunch of these, they were eighth graders at the time. It's a bunch of eighth graders and their dad did a steak night. And, uh, um, one of the coolest, I guess, practices of the how, of how to, how to engage, uh, not just your kids. I would, I would say this is true for like just men in general, right? Young men like need this, whether it's their youth leader, whether it's a youth pastor, whether it's a coach, uh, they had this thing called dead man talk in there and he had it with all his boys. Um, and a dead man talk was kind of the way it was said. It was dead men don't talk. Right. And so you can come to me as your dad and you can tell me anything and you're not going to get in trouble for it. Now that doesn't mean it's like a, Hey dad, dead man talk. You know, I, yeah. I broke mom's face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Whoa, whoa. You know, it's, it's, Hey dad, there's, you know, when there's something going on in your life, mm-hmm. um, who do you want to call or who, who gets that two thirty AM call? Let's not, let's not make that call at two thirty AM. Oh, I see. You I want to, I, mean? I want to create that environment right. with my sons. Yeah. Right. And it's, I think that's something that I'm lacking. Yeah. In, so right. You, you set the table. And I think a lot of times we don't set the table enough. I, I don't mean whether it's in ministry, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our, our business or workplaces of setting the table uh, for transparency or setting the table for mm. a conversation or what, what have you. Um, he, this dad just set the table really well with his boys of we're, we're going to have a dead man talk. And so you, you can talk to me about whatever you want. And it can be that they would get in the truck and go for a drive and talk or go, you know, out somewhere private or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, one of those things like, hey, your mom's not going to know about it. And your mom's got to, and the mom would, you got to trust, right? Like, hey, yeah, he's yeah. talking to his son and I don't have to know every little detail. It's guy stuff, right? And right. I, I, me and my wife talked about this because we have a boy and two girls. And I, you know, I hope there's a day that Annie and Heidi can have that kind of a relationship with their mom. Mm-hmm. There's certain stuff that's just going to be more comfortable to talk to mom about. And that's yeah. okay. And I would trust my wife. That's why God gave you two parents, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and you, you, you ha- or at least somebody in your life, right. That I go back to someone of leadership that you can have those dead man talks with mm. and say, Hey, this is what's going on. Or Hey, hey dad, or I, I did this. Or, that's a great I experienced idea. This, or I heard this, or I don't really know what to do with, something that happened or I saw or whatever. Uh, and, and, and it's weird and it's uncomfortable and I don't know what to do. And, and you're, you as a dad can go, Hey, let me, let me help lead you as a father in that. Uh, and then, you know, we can 
kind of go on, right, with, with life in a sense of, hey, we, we've now had this intimate moment and a dad's more aware of what's going on in his son's life. Well, you know, and this, I think this applies to, to women and their daughters as well. This isn't, yeah. a, this well, isn't just a guy and, thing. But, and I think it has to be said too. Like, but, I mean, you could, we could have an unspoken, you can tell me anything, but really to like create something, just space. just space, right? Just, yeah. Or just saying it in a way that like, hey, you know, whatever, weird, you know, it's, coconut duck or whatever but it but dead man talk is like that's that's a cool way of being able to to give them something that is you know that you've you've created the opening and the door is open for you to come to me to do it like it almost has to be said rather than just assumed right um i i made it i i'm not I'm, i'm just i'm thinking of this as like Think about this. If your son right now came to you and said, dad, and you know, I'd already kind of talked about what a dead man talk is. Right. And your dad, your son says, hey, dad, I need to have a dead man talk. That also sets you up as a dad to be like, okay, we're, we're about to go to yeah, a place. You know where we're very, going. You know, yeah, I know where we're going. I know, I know what we're going to, we're, I don't know what it is on his heart, what's laying on my son's heart, but I know there's something heavy and something serious enough to him. And that's something dads need to know too, Mm. is like the thing that this kid is your son or whoever, or to the moms out there, your daughter, whatever she's saying is, I need a dead man talk. Like it's big to them. Yeah. And I think sometimes we lose that perspective Mm. as fathers or as youth leaders or as whoever, or as coaches that like, hey, this thing that this 15 year old's going through, you know, is just... (laughs) You yeah, won't even remember like, it in ten well, years, yeah, but right now it feels like the there. world. Yeah. It is everything, and so that is to, so true. Yeah, to, to, to and so to handle it with that kind of a okay, we're gonna have this dead man talk. It also appropriates the father or the mom or whoever to kind of, or the youth leader again to to kind of know, hey, we're this is where we're going. I can prepare my heart. It's not like some big bombs dropped, and you're like, okay, what do we do? It's like, yeah, let's have a dead man talk. All right, hop in the truck. We're gonna go get a burger. Or we're gonna get a coke or whatever. It just gives you an opportunity, like to know. Ah, that's really good, and it does, that. and it sets you up for what to prepare yourself yeah. for, and where you're not gonna come into. Like, okay, so this isn't a time where I can be hot headed, and this isn't a time where I can't. Like, it's this is big and serious to them, right. so let's take care of it. So I want to celebrate. I know I don't know how much name dropping I can do in here, but um, you drop away. So so there's a uh, uh, you know I talked about Steve, but another guy I really looked up to was uh, Mike Duras. If you know, he goes to our church, mm-hmm. does welding. You know, has yeah. a has a shop, great custom welder. Anyway, I'll forget. Mike was in that group. Remember, we we got all these eighth grade before they're going into high school because high school is a big chapter. Yeah. Had all these dads, great steak night, and we were we kind of illustrated what this dead man just kind of set the table for dads to do this uh, with their boys. Yeah. Right? So we were like, hey, let's just bring up this dead man talk, this idea, and I kind of was the youth leader was just kind of saying, hey. Uh, I would hope that this is something that you guys can start facilitating at home. It doesn't like, let's not farm out raising up your boys to some program or some youth thing or some youth guy, right? Like, yes, want to be a part of your kid's life, but I I desperately want you guys to have that table set. And what a great time to set that table, right? You know, going into middle school, high school, junior high, whatever it's called. And I'll never forget Mike. uh, um, It was so cool as we were just walking around the circle and people talking and stuff. And Mike said, Hey, I, I want you boys to know, and he looked at his son, and he says, that, 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 that I, I want to be here for you, son, but I also want you boys to know I'm here for you, too, mm. because there might be that time where you're just having something you need to talk to about your dad, but you're too afraid. Or you're, you're afraid of how he'll respond, or you're afraid, and I want you to know you can come to me 
and I will help you find a way to talk to your dad. I will help be that bridge. As another, wow. I was like, come on, dude. And how much more of that do we need? Because there are those times it's like, I know I need a dead man talk with my dad, but yeah, I just but don't know how this is going to go. breach this deal or oh, yeah. you know, how big that is. And and it might a big, yeah. And so I have another men to go, hey, I'm going to walk, I will walk with you. You guys, you know. And, and I mean, could we have a community like that? My gosh, what would what would Jesus do with it? I know, Be beautiful, right? Well, you, yeah, you know, just be, you know, I think something that we forget, like history, is such a really cool thing, but um, but we don't look at it a lot. We look at it from like a distant, you know, that was you know the Egyptians, and that's right. not. We don't identify ourselves with those that people, right? Yeah. When in reality, man, ain't nothing different, right? right. Man, those people are same as what we were. They have same issues, same problems. Ain't nothing new under the sun, man. And um, and we forget that where we came from when we started and where it was such a good communal upbringing was before the Industrial Revolution that we have had here. Um, kids were homeschooled or, you know, a small school or whatever else. But the other half of the day, they were in the fields with their dads. Right. They weren't in the kitchen with mom. No. They were out in fields with dads. So dads were just as active in their daily work right. with raising the children. Not like we're feeding them lunch. It was more of like, well, I ain't feeding you because I ain't eating it. <laughs> but get over there on the plow and like right. figure out the mechanics of this and and how to do, you know. Come what, alongside me, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of like it's, you know. I, I think we have pushed this off or we've seen it being pushed off and it's become something that we think is norm and I'm just going to, you know, get ahead on this or I just got to, you know, provide that. And and it's so new compared to like the history of human race. <laughs> like this, yeah. was, this is something more in the past 150 years. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah. And we have belittled not only like in a absolutely ludicrous way we have belittled the role of and the importance of a mother by tenfold right and we've done the same with the male with right. the with the husband and the father like the father and you look at the downfall of majority of any society it was fallen because the men weren't there where are the men That's yeah right. where are the men um yeah, I think that's so important. I, I think it's a great idea too. That yeah, whole dead man talk. Dead man talk. Right. And if, I mean, I think if we if you do that, you set that table, right? You have no idea how that can change. To me, what the dead man talk does, and or anything like it, you don't have to call it dead man talk. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but the idea of that it sets a table for a transparency. It's just like back to what Grant and I were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do I do that with my boy? Yeah. Because it hasn't necessarily been modeled to us, right? Yeah, it hasn't. And some of us have wonderful dads that have in ways modeled that, right? But but it's not a, it, it you're again, to your point about the schooling and the, the eight hour school day and the eight hour work day or whatever, mm -hmm. it, it's, we've kind of got this system that like makes that difficult or makes that that space hard to find because like you said at the very beginning here is like you send your kids to eight hours a day you're getting them in a few hours in the evening and that's kind of it when you're both tired and like and and, and that's mm -hmm. life and, and that's culture and that's the way it is you're not gonna we're not gonna change the school system and the work day like that right no but, but boy it sure did change a whole bunch right and it's almost like finding finding the the Finding the silver line, finding the blessing in this madness that's going on right, right. now, 
Like right. we can sit and scream and yell because I that's what I'm kind of good at is to sit and scream and yell. Right. Tell about what that guy's all screwed this stuff sure. up. What and and we can get caught up in that. But but almost taking a step back and going, what an opportunity. Right. What an opportunity. How many men this past year and a half have had the opportunity to actually spend time with their kids, right. the opportunity to work a little more from home, even if it's like one day a week where you get to work yeah. home from, I mean, it, all it takes is that one. All it takes is that spending a little extra time in the afternoon or, you know, one night a week that you've yeah. got a, guys, my deal is, my mine where I try to create that space is around work. Like I, and you guys, my kids are like, hey, guess what? And they're all like, ah. Oh! You know, like, we go, what do we got to do? We got to go work, you know, or whatever else. But when the man, they get done, they, they enjoy the heck out of it. I mean, we, we do spend some time out there, quality time. Because they're with you. Yeah, exactly. They're with you. They're yeah. with their dad, man. And I, they, yeah. they're going to squeal about having to do it because mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, and what was it? <laughs> you showed me that meme earlier. And now I just yeah. made me think of the one like, you can't insult me. I've held the flashlight for my father. <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like that. But at the same time, like there's so much to be learned from that. Right. That time. Even for me to learn. Right. Not just me teaching them, yeah. but it's me learning. I'm not going to you can tell me about patience, right. but it's where I practice the patience. It's where I practice the listening. Good Lord. I'm not good at that. And how how let's not let's take note here for myself or anybody else that listens to this to say how inconvenient is it to have your kids do something that would you could literally do it twice the time? Oh God, yeah, that's yeah. the. It's just, just like, let me gonna, do it. They're just, gonna do it yeah. wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean, they're gonna they're gonna break something. They're gonna whatever. Mm -hmm. But isn't that so crazy? That's how we are with God. Uh, he allows us to be a part of what He's doing, and He's like, <laughs> He can snap His fingers and 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 fix and grow and you know restore. But He He's so gracious and so patient that He lets us be a part of it. And so, and, and what happens when he lets us be a part of it? We grow, he knows we grow closer to the father. Well, right? it's your we opportunity. God, whenever you're watching, God, like that's so convicting for me because it's like whenever we're out there doing that, we're messing around with that. That's my opportunity to show grace instead of being, you know, just let me do it. Right. Get <laughs> out of the way. it. Yeah. Why are we doing this about convicting me? I thought this was supposed to be doing somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm uh, next because it's messed me up. I mean, I'm, that's I'm, true. I'm the worst, you know. And so I, I, I look at this stuff, and I'm, I'm, I learn by by messing up more than I do from hmm. from anywhere else. So you know, I'm hard headed in that way, I guess. Yeah, I am too. But but I mean, what is a great deal? Well, yeah. cool. Um, great. Yeah, that man. was that was cool. I love so that. Not. That's you gave me some really good pointers to be able to take and play with my boys. I might have to. Man, I think that would be a really cool deal for even like their football team to grab all oh, those dads together yes. and make a, you know, after the, at the end of the season, have a steak night for all the yes. boys to sit down and just even just discussing that and opening the door for other dads to share that with mm. on that whole football team. That's really, you know, there's one more thing I'm going to throw out there. A buddy of mine, Brett Rogers did this and I, I got to be a part of both of them with his boys, uh, was when they got to be at 13 or 14, he would do a steak night for his boys and it would be just his sons and maybe, maybe one friend got to come, but it was a bunch of men that were mm -hmm. in the boy's life. It could have been coaches, youth leaders, 
teachers, you know, whoever, right? Neighbors, guys that 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 knew his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't his birthday party, so it was just a separate whole deal. It was just guys. And we, you know, eat a meal together and laugh and hang out. And then we'd sit down and, and the, each one of us would come, would have come prepared with some uh, words of affirmation for that boy coming of age, you mm. know, and to speak what we, how we see Jesus in him, how we see God's doing in his life, what, how, how God's made him and, and, and just speaking value into that boy. And he wasn't just his mm. dad. It was, it was these men, right? And you watch it and you go like, what would that be like, right? Yeah. And, and, and you don't just snap your fingers and get that. That takes time. You have to genuinely know the kid. Yeah. Well, how are you going to know the kid? Especially if it's not yours. And now, you, you know, but creating those spaces again, you create those dead man talks with your kid, but you also do it with the football team. Because what's going to happen when you do that, you're going to get to know those other dads. Those other dads are going to get to know other kids as well. Now we're talking like speaking, how do we speak into other men, which is something that we don't do that either. Right? When was the last yeah, time? We, no, instead, we try to cut each other down, and I'm the worst of it. I am. Dude, the way I bond with guys all the time is we cut on each other, oh, yeah. and spar a little bit, yeah. you know? I'm and, terrible about yeah. that. Yeah, and, and and sometimes it's in good faith and good humor, but but do we follow that up sometimes with a true word of affirmation? Do mm-hmm. we even know how to do that to men and build each other up? And so what I a just great idea to, and a great way to be able to do something like that and being able to introduce that with like the football team. Yeah. And it's like, no guys deal and whatever else. But boy, that's a door opener. Oh, right. Huge. To 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 my my sons being able to find and identify men in the community yep. who they can confide in if they need to or create the opening to if they don't feel like there's something they can talk to me about. Sure. but. Also, who, you know, who are men that I trust and who are men that, you know, are at the same heart that, I, that you know, and desires that I do. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I really yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Let's do it, dude. Yeah, let's Come do on. it. Let's like, do it. Yeah. Like, not only that, but it's good steaks, too. Yeah. Why not? It's, it's good <laughs> rib, babe. We got to go get some rib But <laughs> I am going to put a, like, there's yeah. going to have to be a stipulation that there is no steak sauce. Like, it has to be steak. You've got a good steak. You, <laughs> you don't should need not it. be needing right. a steak sauce. And I'm talking get a big fire pit with grate over it. Yeah. And let's just. Fast oh, my youngest one tries to put like ketchup or Heinz 57. Bless. I'm like, son, what are you doing? Right. I'm like, why don't you go. just have beef jerky then? Yeah, like, go, eat, just... go eat a chicken. Like, <laughs> go eat a chicken. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's yeah. very, very true. So, anyway. <laughs> well, cool. Luke. Yeah, man. And that's the coolest crap that you, like, you were roommates with. Nader. With Ma- Nader. So random. If, man, if, you, if you keep up with the, I have not talked to that guy. I don't even know if I have his phone number anymore, but. I'd love to reconnect with that dude, man. That'd be fun. I will so, get it. I, yeah. I, I, I know I've got Barbara's phone number. Yeah. Does she still you. work with you or no? Uh, that... She still shows some, I think. And yeah. I know the guy that she trains with and stuff. I know I've got her number. I yeah. Think. Well, I was just meant if she ever came around here or whatever. I'd no, no. I, uh, uh, it's been quite a while. It's been yeah. a while since she was out Small of the world, though. It is wild. Yeah. That's true. Cool. Thanks, Thanks man. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.